The Money Show. The Africa Business Report. Get to Chris Bishop in just a moment. Chris is the founding editor at Billionaire Tomorrow. We're going to look at the JSE this evening. We'll look at investing. We're going to look at something called outcome bias. What is, uh, without looking, I mentioned it earlier. I'm just curious as to whether you've been paying attention. What gains have the has the JSE posted over the last 12 months? So the JSE is your first answer. What gain has the JSE posted from this day? Um, it is the 2nd of March. So 2nd of March 2020 to the 2nd of March 2021. What gains have been posted on the JSE? 10, 20, 30%? Surely not. Uh, but yeah, the gains on the JSE versus the S&P 500. So give me one answer for JSE, X percent, and S&P 500, Y percent. Let's see if you're paying attention to investment markets as we uh, talk to Mduduzi Lutuli in a couple of minutes' time, Executive Director at Lutuli Capital and tonight Headmaster of the Money Show Investment School. What, what we want to do each and every single day is help you make better decisions about your money. Chris Bishop, uh, the founding editor of Billionaire Tomorrow. Tell me, Chris Bishop, about Strive Masiyiwa. He's been active for years, but his profile is increasingly stratospheric. Yeah, I mean, well, at a time when the economy is, uh, the world economy is struggling, you've got to hand it to this guy. I mean, he came from fairly humble uh, background. Uh, he grew up in exile in Zambia. He sold, his mom sold furniture. And when he grew up, he became an um, electrical engineer with Telcom uh, in Zimbabwe. But now he's got this international... Um, sort of telecommunications company that's uh, making him a fortune. But what he's done in the last week, he's raised $840 million with a bond that apparently, according to the company, was more than five times oversubscribed. And what um, he's doing is getting money together so that um, with his company, Liquid Telecom, he can lay uh, more fiber across Africa. As you know, there's an increasing, growing demand for uh, fast internet and fiber across the continent. And already his company has put down 70,000 kilometers across uh, Africa. And uh, uh, that's more than once around the world, as you know. And um, again, he's got five data centers in Rwanda, Kenya, and South Africa. But now he's going to have a lot more cash now to uh, carry on um, rolling out fiber across the continent to um, help this um, continent get to its uh, connected 5.0 level. Uh, and just, I mean, again, the need is endless. The opportunity is vast. Um, and just how much investment it's going to take, I wonder, because what is he, he building? I think he's, he's got five data centers mm. in Rwanda, Kenya, and in South Africa. Uh, and it's really about creating African connectivity. And it's going to be tough enough to connect Africa's cities. And, and then serving rural communities, of course, is going to be a whole new, uh, a whole new conundrum. Well, I think that's it. I mean, it's going to open up a whole new market. You know, once people are connected, it opens up whole new ways of doing business in rural areas. But more importantly, I mean, the two things that uh, analysts always talk about when you talk about economic growth in Africa, they say one, frequent and cheap uh, air travel, two, cheap and reliable internet. Those are the two drivers of growth. And you've got to hand it to Stride Masiwa. Um, you know, he's, uh, he's out there. He's uh, investing for the future in very, very difficult times for the world economy.
Talk to me about uh, another one of your connections, the Egyptian billionaire Nasef Sawiri, I beg your pardon. Um, And he is looking at um, sort of branching out in aviation and looking to sell out of aviation. Just talk to me about this guy because he is massively influential, of course, north of the Sahara. Yeah, well, I mean, he's one of the richest men on the continent. He's selling his stake, which uh, is quite sizable, in a company called uh, Signature Aviation. It's the world's largest aviation services company, and that stake alone is worth 4.7 billion U.S. dollars. And imagine how much the entire company is worth, but um, he's selling it up, and GIP and Blackstone are the companies that are after the assets, and he's expected to um, decide this week to, uh, to, to finalize this, uh, this sale and get out of it. And um, just an interesting side angle that I was, uh, I was just reading up on it, the reaction to it, in Birmingham, in England, in the industrial Midlands, you wouldn't have thought they'd have cared either way um, what um, an Egyptian billionaire was doing. But uh, he so happens to own uh, one of the top teams there, Aston Villa. Um, you're in the Premier League at the moment, and the speculation in the papers there in Birmingham is that uh, Sawiris is going to use some of this cash he gets from Signature Aviation and maybe free up some of his cash, and he's maybe going to plough some of it into the football club, um, you know, sort of uh, to increase their Premier League status. So, quite interesting times, um, and uh, certainly, again, you know, it's one of the fascinating things about following billionaires. You never know what they're going to do. Exactly, and I mean, you know, the fans of Aston Villa will be hoping that Mr. Sawiris will put some money into into the club. But there's another interesting tale connecting African billionaires to British football clubs, and our old friend Aliko Dangote, the richest man on the continent, has got a hole burning in his pocket, and he's a fan of a completely different kind of club, one that our mutual friend David Shapiro lives and more often dies by. <laughs> Well, um, there you are. Once again, the talk is rife that Illico Dangotti is worth uh, more than $7 billion. As you know, he made his money on uh, commodities, cement, um, uh, food, uh, export and trading, and sugar, which is all part of this story. Now, essentially, he's building a massive uh, fuel refinery at the moment in Lagos. One of our correspondents was there the other day visiting it to see how it's getting on. It's a huge project that would make Nigeria self-sufficient in refined uh, fuel. But uh, he's also got this little um, penchant for Arsenal, a football club <laughs> in North London. I mean, and, and again, you know, every year or so, there's a sort of rumor that he's going to take over the club, he's going to buy it. But it seems to me, I was reading up, listening to some of the fans and what have you, it seems there's a lot more imminent now than it's ever been and secondly a lot of the fans are quite uh, into it because Arsenal have been in the doldrums for um, quite some time um, for about a decade they reckon and they reckon that if he comes in and injects capital it could send them uh, the other way but the big question is that nobody asks why Arsenal why why is he so um, enamored with Arsenal now the answer is is that the man who sold Aliko Dangotti his first boatload of sugar in Lagos Harbour about 35 years ago uh, was a man by the name of David Dean, who was the chairman of Arsenal and quite an influential <laughs> character. 
in the thing. And he was, yeah, I mean, and him and, and um, Dan Gorty were great friends. When Dan Gorty used to go to London, he used to go to Dean's office, and he used to set up, watch the TV, watch the markets, make phone calls, you know, that sort of uh, friend. I mean, they were so close, apparently, and just a, a sign of Dan Gorty's um, business acumen. He used to offer him a boatload of sugar in subsequent years and say, uh, I'll offer it for this. And uh, he'd say, hang on a minute. And Dan Gorty get his phone, dial his, um, the competition and say, look, this guy's just offered me this much. Can you do it for any less? And the guy obviously said no. And he put the phone down and said, OK, then I'll take it. <laughs> right in the guy's face. Absolutely. So, uh, I mean, he's, he's, a, he's, he's an operator, is Ali Kodan Gorty. But I just love the fact that you've got these African billionaires who are buying up you know, globally renowned world-famous soccer teams, or at least intending to do so, African capital supporting the premiership. Whoever would have thought? Exactly. But then again, that's what I'm saying. During his trips to London also, he used to go along with David Dean to go and watch the Arsenal. So he actually got some sort of uh, affinity towards them. And now he might be the latest owner. Who knows? Uh, probably the first African that I can think of, apart from Sawiris who uh, owns uh, a major football club. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what he does with it. But I think one thing for certain, Dan Gorty will be looking at the costs if he takes over, that's for sure. And everybody at Arsenal should, um, should uh, accept that before uh, the takeover's done. Chris Bishop, thank you. Founding editor at Billionaire Tomorrow. Fascinating tales.